This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. We introduce you now to Heather Major. Heather, good morning. Good morning. It's really great to have you with us and to uh, bring all that information that you've got there, <laughs> Mother Excellent, uh, about the book. And uh, tell us the name of the book and uh, a little bit about the author, if you will. So The Final Choice is a book written by Carolise Trays, a journalist um, who wanted to look at both sides of the referendum that uh, we'll find out at 10 o'clock this morning whether it's going ahead on the 19th of September or whether it may also be delayed. Basically, she interviewed uh, people with terminal illness and lawyers, doctors, ethicists, clerics around New Zealand and around the world because this is... um, yeah, a, a binding referendum that if over 50% of people vote for it will become law in, in 12 months' time. It sounds from what I can get in the book and things I've uh, heard, it could be rather dangerous. <clears throat> yeah, there are, there are quite a few concerns about it. Obviously, um, the Act gives people with a terminal illness the option of requesting assisted dying. And... Um, Obviously, that's what um, is is hoped is all it will be for. Um, but a lot of these assisted dying laws are defeated around the world, and um, it's our job now as the public to, to, to make this law either happen or not. Right. Now, there are some European countries, I think Holland and Belgium maybe, and uh, certainly Switzerland, where they have made that law. And uh, if you've got the money to do it, and go into these places and they'll put you out, as it were. Yeah, so not not perhaps a matter of money here, more a matter of us weighing up choice yep. and public safety. Right. Yeah. And uh, what is the uh, main uh, thing that uh, is a problem from your point of view? Do you think doctors will just overuse it or what? Well, of course, most people think it would be a free or would hope it would be a free personal choice and would expect it would only be accessed by people with pain that is difficult to control. Mm. But interestingly, in Victoria, our neighbour in Australia, for most people, management of symptoms like pain and nausea have been well provided by palliative care services. Right. And these have not been the reasons that people have been assisting, seeking assisted dying. So therefore, that's been other reasons. Right. Other reasons. Yep. Okay, and uh, what sort of things are you going to have for this sister dying? I mean, does cancer be the big one? But what if you've had a bad accident and uh, you're in a, a wheelchair and can hardly move? Those are the sort of people that would be targeted, I presume. Uh, so to be eligible for the Propose Act, a person must be a terminally ill New Zealander, 18 or over, who is likely to die within six months. So you ah, must, must have that okay, prognosis. Okay, yeah. uh, the person must experience an ongoing decline in physical capability and unbearable suffering that they think cannot be relieved in a manner they consider tolerable. So that's uh, unbearable suffering to the person. Mm. And they also need to be able to make an informed decision about assisted dying. Right. They must be mentally competent. Right. That's the the way the law has it. Um, what is the major objection of yourself and uh, and the book, as it were, against it? Oh, so, 
No, so the book the book has uh, both sides. It has uh, proponents and opponents, and um, but I can tell you, there's there's really four camps. There's people who don't care. There's people who are pro assisted dying. Assisted dying is really the umbrella term for what is in the act, which is both euthanasia and assisted yep. suicide. So euthanasia is a person being administered a lethal drug by a medical practitioner and assisted suicide is the person receives the, the lethal drug to take themselves. So um, yeah, the 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 um, the concerns that, that people have are actually just um, things like uh, there's no independent witness at any point in the process. Right. Only the first doctor checks for uh, coercion, does their best to check for coercion. Uh, the second doctor you speak to might be on Zoom, so a, an abuser might be out of sight. Right. Uh, yeah, there are many concerns. Uh, mental health is, is not a reason to preclude someone, so depression may be the underlying medical condition that actually brings someone to ask for assisted dying, mm. and yet, um, yeah, if, if the depression was treated, they may they may face their terminal illness quite, quite differently. They might oh, yes. look at their bucket list. They might uh, look forward to special memories uh, with loved ones and dying dying well instead yep. of dying tragically. Yeah. Now, one of the things that uh, if the person that uh, is at the centre of this is unable to speak, um, how do you deal with that if the parents say, we think that David needs to go? No, so that, that's not in the Act. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of people misunderstand... Yes. Uh, advanced directives are not in the Act. Okay. People's dementia uh, do not qualify. You must be mentally competent to, to under the Act to receive assisted dying. Right. Well, clear, clarify that, and uh, I think a lot of people will be uh, happy to have that clarified. Heather, you were talking about a, a useful quiz. Tell us about that. Yes, a, a quiz has just come online um, that... Um, has actually shocked a lot of people on social media. People are really surprised uh, to realise what uh, is or isn't in the act that they thought it was. Just just as we talked about now, you yep. know, the, the fact that um, dementia is not part of it. Parents certainly cannot decide for their uh, children. It, it has to be the person's own decision. Hello, Brian speaking. Hello, Carolise. It's good to hear you, and uh, we'll put you we'll put you straight on. So there we go. Have a moment. And press button, and your way. Hearing is so okay. Hello. You okay there? Oh, Sorry, Brian, can't hear you very well. Yeah, I've got. I'm back in behind the microphone now, and I can hear you loud and clear. Good to hear from okay. you. And in Thanks. the in the studio with me, I have, uh, of course, uh, Heather, and uh, you know her quite well. Good morning to Heather, if you like. <laughs> good morning, Carolise. There we are. Hey, good morning. Now, Carolise, uh, I hadn't had the chance to read the book right through, but I've uh, certainly been into it and had a quick look, and uh, I know that uh, Heather's really up to date with all of this, and um, it says in one part here that uh, the pro-euthanasia lobby has found ways to dumb down their message to proper propagandise for mass consumption. The real issues are being hidden. Tell us about the real issues. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, I guess the real issue is just, uh, you know, something that 
uh, we all face as Kiwis, and that is that we are being asked to analyse a piece of legislation. Is this the right act? Is this the end-of-life choice act? Yes. Is it the right piece of legislation that we want as Kiwis to uh, allow for euthanasia and assisted suicide to assisted dying in our country? That's the question, and it's a tough question for most Kiwis to be asked. Yeah. We have to become like uh, many MPs, many lawyers, uh, not only knowing what the law is, but also being capable of assessing if this is a good piece of law. Yeah, and that that's a very difficult one because I think a lot of people say, oh, well, it's just yes, yes or no, but there's a, a, a big moral issue here, really. Yeah, I think um, that was actually one of the things I discovered pretty early on. So uh, as I interviewed over 20 experts, um, both across New Zealand and the world, uh, it became very apparent quite quickly that what we're actually being asked is a very significant question. Uh, it impacts a wide number of people, um, both, you know, obviously, obviously uh, people with terminal illness, but also uh, doctors, lawyers, uh, people with disabilities, uh, ethicists. Um, it just has a massive impact. It, uh, one bioethicist I interviewed called Margaret Somerville, who's a uh, very interesting woman yep. from Australia, has nine doctorates. Uh, Margaret's been involved in this conversation as a similar law was legalised in Canada. And she said uh, this is one of the most, what well, is the most important values decision, whether or not to legalise euthanasia um, of the 21st century. And so I don't think um, many of us, and, and certainly I didn't realise how important a question we're actually being asked. And you're right, we just see it as a yes or no, but... Uh, it's actually a very significant uh, piece of legislation in our law. Mm -hmm. Right. Thank you very much for that one. And uh, just uh, directing Heather to get a, some headphones on so she could hear what's being said. And uh, she wasn't able to pick that up. And uh, you, you've been pretty comprehensive here uh, and looking at and quoting a lot of different people, you've obviously put a lot of work into this one and, uh, and talk to people with expertise and also those who are uh, liable candidates. What, what got you on to doing this? Yeah, what got me started, I know it's actually a debut book for me. I've, I've never written a book before as a journalist with 10 years' experience. I guess our normal word count is somewhere between 700 or 700 words or below for an, an article. but um, So this was a real big challenge for me personally. But for me, it started late last year. I was doing a freelance job, uh, attending a meeting, and at that meeting, assisted dying was something that came up in the conversation. And, and I sat there and thought, goodness me, I know very little about this other than the fact that we need to know more. I need to know more because we yeah. have an approaching binding referendum. Yes. So that's about as far as my knowledge went. So I went home, and, and just like any good journalist does, you sit down and you start Googling. <laughs> you start doing your research and, and asking good questions. So um, through that process, I learnt quite a lot initially. Uh, that's where I really discovered how wide uh, this, this law change uh, would, would impact would be on people. And, and I sat down with a friend that part of the way through that research and, and started talking over what I was discovering. and. And they said, well, you know, this is actually something that most Kiwis, all of us, are going to face, this question. Why don't you, why don't you write it, go on a journey and write a book? Yeah. And I sort of sat <laughs> on the idea, um, and it really it became clear that this was actually a, a very important thing that, um, you know, project that I could 
I could help with. I could use that journalistic approach yes. uh, and search and interview a wide variety of people, those uh, that are advocating for the law change, uh, including MP David Seymour, um, and those yep. who are speaking out in opposition. So um, people in the book include Queen's Council member, um, Grant Illingworth, uh, mm. lawyers, uh, ethicists like Margaret, um, doctors from both sides. Uh, yeah, there's there's a huge array of people that are ready and willing and passionately speaking out about the subject. Now you were going to be doing a, uh, a session here with uh, Mark Bunting uh, tomorrow. I gather you're in Auckland and uh, that sort of put a kibosh on it. Yeah, yeah, I'm based in, in far, the far edges of North Auckland. <laughs> but yes, um, you know, the beauty of, of COVID has struck again. Uh, we're in mm. lockdown. So yeah. um, not only that that I'm stuck in Auckland, but also in, in the other regions of New Zealand, you know, the limitations of public meetings yep. are kept at 100, needing two-metre yep. distancing, and just the general vibe. Look, us Kiwis are facing so much right now. It's really hard to sit down and focus and concentrate on another difficult uh, things such as assisted dying so uh, mm. what we've done is just taken the next well uh, we've got about 12 days left and and um said look let's have a break uh, i'm gonna postpone and, and rebook meetings where possible we're waiting yep. on the announcement today shortly where the elections will be moved out mm-hmm. and then make a call from there but i'm hoping that we uh, indeed get time to discuss this as a country again such a significant decision uh, and and uh, you just keep a, an eye out on my events page on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash the final choice book, mm-hmm. and we'll keep uh, people up to date. And again, you have postpone and rebook, hopefully, yep. in the region. So he's hoping. He's hoping indeed. Heather, have you got a question you'd like to ask? Yeah, I just thought I'd find where you'd quoted from in the book, and it was Chapter 12, Richard McLeod. He is. Uh, leading the lawyers for vulnerable New Zealanders. Is that right, Carolise? Yeah. And so yep. he, he's, he was, um, he's, I think he's got over 200 lawyers who have signed um, an open letter uh, with concerns. Some of them pro-euthanasia, but all concerned um, about flaws within the Act. And he's, uh, when you asked him what his greatest concern was, page 136, it says the, the potential for coercion of vulnerable people and the fact that there's really nothing in the Act to stop it. So a lot of lawyers are, are concerned, and that's, yeah. Um, uh, highly recommend the book. There's, there's um, all sorts of um, interesting chapters like that one in it. Right. Yeah, there's, there's so much information. Richard McCrow is a really interesting interview, um, just his, his perspective on the law. And, and as you say, um, you know, over, over 150 uh, lawyers uh, in the group that he's part of and um, I think we just need to get sort of uh, familiar with both the terms of the law, but also how to analyse it, how, how to assess, is this going to protect uh, people that potentially could be vulnerable while allowing choice, that mm. choice that uh, we would all like to see? And is it indeed going to relieve the suffering that it, we hope it would? So uh, important questions. I, I really do uh, feel the book uh, would be very helpful for a number of people that are looking to get familiar with what's being asked here. And you can get it online if you can't get to a bookstore, online at thefinalchoice.nz. And uh, the book is available at uh, normal bookstores like Whitcalls, etc., Paper Plus? It is. It's good. available from all good bookstores across the country. Yep. 
But again, if you're struggling to get out, um, online is easy, so go for it. Yeah. It seems to... Must, how long does it take to put that all together, if I can ask you? <laughs> the whole book? Yeah. Uh, a good couple of months. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, oh, it was really intense. It was uh, in-depth. I have to say my husband was an absolute uh, essential... He was an essential worker for me. I've got two young children, so right. um, he stepped up and, and took the kids so I could really focus uh, and get a lot of the writing done. It was actually done during lockdown, so the level four where we were all very highly restricted. So Absolutely. in some ways, again, it was a, a, a beauty of, of that um, period was that I could focus. Uh, I had no excuse and, and nowhere to go to, so it was very much book writing uh, intensive. So it was mm. a great project done. I'm very proud of what's being produced. I, I think you should be. I think Heather's got the book there. We're going to ask another question there, Heather. Uh, well, I, I, I think there's, there's so much in the book, um, but I, I just wanted to go back to that um, quiz, actually, that, that just highlights uh, for people what they know or don't know about the Act. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of shock on social media right now as people realise what they didn't know. So that's uh, votesafe.nz forward slash quiz. votesafe.nz forward slash quiz. Um, yeah, David Seymour's interviewed in this book. All the main players are interviewed right. in this book. Um, and it's a bestseller, isn't it, currently? Well, yeah, yeah, we did make the bestseller. <laughs> well, I did make the bestseller list, uh, which I was pretty stoked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so right, yeah. you, once things settle down, you're planning on having um, a tour around promoting the book, I take it? Yeah, so I've got, I have got events uh, that have been organised across the country. Yep. Uh, a number of those uh, have been locked in for after yep. the Level 3 Auckland and Level 2 New Zealand lockdown. So um, I'm really hoping that as a country we come out of this COVID uh, lockdown phase quickly, and oh, those, <laughs> those uh, meetings will continue. But I've also going to, I've going to, I'm postponing those that were booked for this period, and we'll, if the elections get pushed out, we'll reshuffle. So, um, yeah, again, keep keep your eye out for Facebook.com/slash the Final Choice Book, and events will be up to date on that page. Right. Well, thank you very much for coming on, uh, Carolise, and uh, we wish you all the best once the COVID thing settles down, if it's ever going to settle down, it makes you wonder sometimes, <laughs> doesn't it? But thank you. Yeah, for, and I think, thank, thank you, and yep. have a good day. And yeah. you have a good one too, and uh, we'll be chatting for, with Heather for a few more minutes, and then I've got to go off here and uh, let somebody else have the, have the air. So we'll catch up with you again, hopefully in Hamilton, uh, in the near future. Thanks, Brian. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, there we were. That was Carolise, and uh, she was the author of the book. Anything you'd like to add to that in the next two or three minutes? Just, I don't know, did I mention that there are four camps? Four camps? Yeah. Um, there's, there's people who really don't care. Then there's, then there's people that are, that are for it and for the Act. Yes. People who are against it and against the Act. But then there are this growing number of, of people who uh, have some support for euthanasia but are not convinced that this is the Act for it. Right. And uh, the actual Act can be printed on nine pages of paper, double-sided, 18 pages. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, just really want to encourage people to do their own homework. Right. It's very important that we get this one right because uh, otherwise we could be putting ourselves or 
um, you know, as we get older, and I'm getting a little older, I've got, even got grey hair, um, and I'd hate the thought that if I went down with something or the other, that somebody might just decide that it was time I went. Uh, so, it, no, it, it does need to be your own personal choice. Right, but but okay. what we're concerned about is is the vulnerable people who perhaps uh, might feel some pressure. That's what I'm trying to make, to get, so to yeah, make yeah. that decision. Yes, yeah. and we have a lot of um, abuse in yes, our country, yes. and it's just yeah a, 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 a conversation uh, where um, it might come up. Uh, it's very, very difficult to um, prove that a doctor didn't suggest yeah. didn't suggest it. So if you can get hold of the book, do. It's in all good bookshops. And the title of the book, again... The Final Choice. The Final Choice. End of Life Suffering. Is Assisted Dying the Answer? Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.